The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Coach Gordon Roberts is with us tonight. Hey, Snoop Dogg's son decided that it's a little too hot in California, in L.A., out at UCLA in August, the dog days of summer. And he would rather be home in the Snoop Castle sipping on some pina coladas, virgin pina coladas at that, enjoying the video games and the sweeter parts of life than being out there getting his fingernails all dirty, having people hit him, and having to run all of them gases and all of that. So Snoop Dogg's son decided, hey, man, hey, it just ain't worth it. This game just a little too hard for your boy to keep going on like this when my daddy is worth $85 million. Coach Gordon Rod, what do you feel about that? Coach, it's sad. That's sad because uh, undoubtedly, kid had a little talent, or he wouldn't have got drafted. I mean, he wouldn't have got he wouldn't have got signed by you know he wasn't just recruited by UCLA. A few people uh, recruited him, and so the kid undoubtedly had a little bit of talent. But just I mean, what does that say further down the road in his life? Is everything that's hard he's not going to try to do? Well, you know, uh, Coach. Um Snoop's son, Cordell, he, 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 he was given a lot. And I guess when you also look at the, at the TV show that he had over the, over the last football season, his senior year, and, um, you know, him probably getting paid from that and him having aspirations of being a, um, uh, uh, being a TV producer or being involved in television um, maybe, maybe Cordell just saw that um, it just, you know, it just wasn't worth it. And maybe, maybe, maybe what um, P. Diddy's son went through, uh, maybe that had a, a little bit to do with it, too. It could be, Coach. I mean, I'm not sure. I, I, but like I said, I, I hate to see a kid that had a little bit of talent not play the game uh, because he doesn't have to. Uh, I, mean, I mean, his dad could have afforded to send him anywhere. But um, if if you give up on a sport that you supposedly love that easily, then you wonder how the rest of your life's going to turn out. Well, Coach, um, let me ask you a question now. If your father was worth 
$85 million. How do you think your life would turn out, Coach? We wouldn't be talking, Coach. <laughs> uh, no, well, I'm just saying, huh? what, what, what really, Coach? No, and, and let me change that too, Coach. I mean, I, let me change it. Snoop Dogg is worth $135 million. Now, now, now Coach, if, if your father was worth a hundred, just say a hundred million, not even thirty-five million, just a hundred million dollars, would you would you have gone to college? Uh, you know, I, you know, coach, you can't really say it like that because you see a lot of uh, very successful people that have a lot of money. Their kids go and and they have that work ethic. You know what? What I worry about, coach, and we we've, we've been around coaches and teachers and players of people that give their kids too much. Don't expect anything from them uh, to earn any of it. And those kids struggle all their lives. And I can look back, back, you know, coach, uh, today Frank Gifford's wife, Kathy Lee, was back on her show today. And I didn't really know the Frank Gifford story. I knew he had grown up through the Depression. And uh, uh, they were dirt poor. Uh, Yeah. Undoubtedly, they they moved like 29 times during the Depression and, uh, you know, uh, stood the whole family stood in in soup lines and stuff like that. And so for a guy like that, the NFL must have seemed like such an abundance. And uh, it's a lot to be said for people that, you know, I know your mom, I knew your mom and and uh, your family. we both come from families that worked hard. And so it doesn't, it's a lot easier. It was for me anyway, uh, to bear down and not want to disappoint than to take the easy road. I don't think 135 million would have made any difference if I'd have been raised the same way about you got to work to get what you want. I agree coach, but I, I went to college at the university of Miami private school, very expensive. And, and I saw some people that, you know, they didn't go, they really didn't go to class. They went to school and went to college for like four or five or six years. And, um, and eventually they graduated. I don't know what they did with their life, but they just had a real, real, real good time throughout college. And, um, Hey, and may, maybe Cordell, he's going to take that route. Maybe he'll come out with some kind of degree from from UCLA or USC or and you never know. Get a kid the benefit of the doubt. He might, after a year of of doing whatever he's doing, uh, he might uh, pull a Ricky Williams and say he want to come back. You know. Well, coach, you hope you hope that somewhere along the line, and you know, we both have dealt with kids most of our our lives, and you've seen some incredible stories where a kid finally gets it. It's like they wake up or, you know, hey, I want to do this. I want to be successful. And so uh, maybe you're right. Maybe that will happen for him too. i tell you this, though, Coach. These kids think different now. You know, these millennium kids are different. And um, it doesn't surprise me. And if I was that kid right now, if I'm 19 years old, 18 years old right now, Snoop Dogg is my dad, and I could go to New York City and open a little hole in the wall and say Snoop Son's Boutique and make thousands and thousands of dollars every day and just to ask my daddy to come by maybe once or twice a year, 
you know, it just I just don't see where I could. I don't know. Maybe even I'm not going to say waste time going to college because ultimately we want to go to college to be successful in life. Don't get me wrong. I know college taught me some valuable lessons. I never would have knew about a beer a beer bong if I hadn't gone to college. You understand what I'm saying? Huh. Yeah, coach. <laughs> I don't think that's the kind of things we're trying to promote. Though, I understand that, but hey, anyway, it was it was a lot of other things that I really learned in college, uh, and from 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 religion classes to business management to sociology. And a lot of other things I took in college. It, it was a lot of classes that I learned a lot from. But it was a lot of lessons I learned from living away from home as well. But I think if my if if my dad was worth 135 million, I I don't know. I don't I don't think I would have had to focus to stay in college. And I know I wouldn't have had to focus to stay at the University of Miami and and um, and be and, and just work as hard as I had to work to earn my scholarship and keep my scholarship at the University of Miami under under some conditions that were just um, brutal. Um, I remember three of days the first year I got to the University of Miami. Um, yeah, I, I Man, please, I saw people just going to every muscle in their body was um, cramped. You know, that was unbelievable to see stuff like that as an 18-year-old uh, right out of high school. But I knew your mother, if you'd have got on that train or bus or whatever and come back to Palaka, it wouldn't have been for long. Coach, uh, if 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 my dad had been worth one hundred eighty five million, I'm not sure if I got on the train or the bus or the train even go down there. And I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm still saying that, you know, and I I guess I really can't blame this kid. You know, I, I just can't blame him. You know, if 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 you don't want to do it. And you don't have to do it. Don't do it. You know, if you don't want to get, if you don't want to do up downs and grass drills and run miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, hey, don't do it. You know, if you want to, if you want to sip on Sprite soda and uh, chit chat on the on the internet or whatever you want to do, hey, coach, hey. hey. I know, but at the same time, um, I know that Snoop Dogg is very, very, very disappointed. Oh, I I know he is, Coach. Very disappointed. And he's, he's, he's so proud. Yeah. He was so yeah. proud of his son getting a scholarship to UCLA. Oh, yeah. Even though he wanted him to go to USC. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know he'll probably never say this, but in his heart he he's embarrassed a little bit too, because you know he put him up there, he 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 pubbed him up like, hey, this kid here's go, you'll see him in the pros, you know this is maybe and, and, and who's to say he's not going to be in the pros someday, but uh, Snoop pubbed this kid up to be, you know, the next Jerry Rice, and yeah. uh, he's disappointed. You know, my my brother went to college, South Carolina State. Came home for Christmas his freshman year, and brought and um, took my dad a while to figure it out. But my dad, my brother had been there maybe thirty days, and my dad was like, "Wow, when is he going back?" And <laughs> then he looked up one day, and my dad realized, "Damn, he brought all of his stuff back." And, I, and my dad finally asked him, "Say, hey, when are you going back?" 
And he says, I'm not going back. And my dad was broken hearted. I've never seen him um, look like that in my life. He was broken hearted. You know, he was very disappointed. As a matter of fact, he knew the guy that recruited my brother and helped him get a scholarship there. And, and, and trust me, my brother was very worthy of the scholarship, super athlete. But it didn't work out. And my brother was eight years older than I am. So eight years later when I'm in high school and, and, and playing very well and had an opportunity to go to college, the last thing I ever wanted to do or see was the look my dad had on his face when my brother told him that he wasn't going back to college. So it, no matter what, I was going to stay there, I was going to stick it out, and I was going to get my degree. And, uh, and when I look at the pictures of, of um, my parents at my college graduation, you should see the smile on my dad's face. I mean, it, it makes the look that he had of disappointment not even exist compared to the look of, of gratitude and happiness he had the day I graduated from college. And coach, and that's how we feel as parents ourselves now. You know, you know, you know, when you get older and you start thinking about all those times you disappointed your parents. Uh, and so that's why, like you and I both feel like for Snoop Dogg's probably feeling like you said, embarrassed. And, and you know, coach, um, this is not the first uh, one of Snoop's sons to to um, to go through something like this. Oh, really? No, his his first son was was um, was supposedly a, a very good football player, and uh, and was projected to do some things. He was a quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, but. He ended up um, stop. He he stopped playing the game. Then going into his senior year in high school, and this is because, hey, when your parents are worth this kind of money, is it really worth? Uh, is it really worth um, going out there and putting yourself at risk? And is it really worth it, coach? Hey, maybe it's not, coach. But what I'm saying is, uh, it's. It's sad in a way because you know good and well that uh, uh, those kids will look back later on in life. They may never admit it, but they'll uh, they'll feel like you know they let a opportunity pass by. I think you know, uh-huh. yeah, a lot of opportunities pass by, but when you're worth that kind of money, a lot of opportunities come your way as well. You know, you know and I hope I hope it works out for the kid, but I doubt it. I mean, somewhere along the line, coach, it's going to be some tough times, and money won't solve it. Uh, you, too many times we've seen that. You know, you see it in your own life, you see it in other kids' lives that you've coached or taught, and uh, money don't solve it all. Eventually, you got to have a little grit and stick to itness. Well, yeah, you're right, Coach. You gotta have you gotta have um, some intestinal fortitude eventually. You know, you just don't. You know, you just can't give up on everything. 
Yeah, it was a few things in, in my family. You just couldn't quit nothing. If you start it, you got to finish it. Oh yeah. It's one thing for somebody to kick you out, but if you you're not going to kick yourself out. You know, I mean, that was just how it was at at, at my house. Now, um, and, and, but I had to coach. It's I, you know, um, when we think about just living in a normal life. We don't think about the lifestyle that some rich oh. people live. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm it's unbelievable to think that someone could be that rich, you know. And not only that, it's people much richer, much richer than Snoop. Um, but if he's worth 135 million dollars, then his kids, each one of them, got to be worth at least five million dollars by oh, just sure. his name alone. Sure. And and if you were five million dollars in college, uh, you're more than likely gonna mess up in college. And it, and yeah, I, I, hey, just hard to. I, I know I would have. I, mean, oh, I, sure. I, I definitely couldn't have played for the University of Miami football team if I had uh, a net worth of five million dollars um, the first day of college. I couldn't say I couldn't say I would have had a network of five million dollars leaving college. Yeah, it Probably definitely makes a difference of your life. Yeah, so yeah, hey, this kid is is making a decision, and um, good luck, Cordell. I think you, I think you're making a wise decision. I really do, and I hope, I hope I see you in movies. And he's a good looking kid. Uh, you know, he's six three. You know, very handsome, strong-built-looking young kid. I, I wish him well. Um, and maybe he's going to take a route of, um, of just going to college and being a regular student and, and, and graduating and, and going on and, and making money off his daddy's money. He's already a rich man, no doubt. So it's not going to surprise me to see him um, go out and do some bigger, bigger things than NFL. You know, so my, my, he might be creating video games about sports in the near future. Hey, Cordell, good luck to you, man. I'm, a, I'm backing you no matter what you do. If you don't do nothing else but spend your daddy's money, I'm still backing you. Hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info. You, I'm on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back after these messages. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, like I was saying, Coach, I know Snoop was disappointed. Corday didn't make it. Cordell didn't make it. Hey, you never know. They're they going to make it. They're going to make it. They already made it. Hey, but, Coach, um, this weekend we had two rookie quarterbacks that everyone will be eyeing throughout this preseason and into the regular season. And are we going to be seeing both of these young men starting on the first day of the regular season, and I'm talking about Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. You know, um, Jameis Winston, you know, he, threw, he threw an interception, but that wasn't, um, I don't think that was the worst of his concerns. Uh, I think it, he didn't look very confident, I'll say. Yeah, I agree with you. And he said later that it took him a while to get the feel of the game. But he looked a lot more comfortable, I thought, than Mariota. I I I would agree. And um, the one thing that I, when I looked at both of these guys, and I didn't see the entire game of the of the Mari- Mariota, but I did see quite a bit of the Tampa Bay game here in Florida. Um, Mariota really looked didn't look comfortable coming from under the center. And, uh, and I know that's something that we're going to – everyone is going to be keeping an eye on with that young man is how well he plays from underneath the center. Because in the NFL, there is no question. You will have to go underneath the center. And we've seen some guys have a tough time making adjustment to underneath the center. Um, I think that's going to be an issue for him. And if it is, that could be problems. Well, Coach, I think that – you know, the kid made a statement at the very beginning right after he was drafted that he hadn't been under center since he was a, a sophomore in high school. So, I mean, it's hard to have a, sales, a, a, 
a skill set for something you hadn't done. Yeah, yeah it is. And, and um, you know, this kid, Zach Mettenberg, um, who they drafted last year, he didn't really have a bad season last year. And he, I thought, was thrown to the wolves at one point um, because, you know, the kid played with a big knee brace on um, coming out of college. Uh, I think he hurt his knee last year. Uh, he, he, he struggled uh, with the injury. I think if this kid is healthy, when we saw him healthy his senior year and his stock, draft, his, 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 uh, stock dropped, in the NFL draft because of a failed drug test. And I think that was one of the things that hurt him coming into the NFL. Well, um, if this kid is healthy, I think he's going to challenge Mariota for that starting job. Because more than anything, Tennessee cannot put a quarterback on the field that's going to struggle. You know, He may start the season, but if he struggles and he looks like a fish out of water, it's going to be tough. I think he won't start, Coach. You don't think he's going to start? No, I think they're going to let Menberg have that job, and if they and then if he starts losing, they'll put him in. So you don't you think that they're gonna they're not going to start Mariota at the opening of the season? Now I I, I, I totally disagree. I think I think Mariota they they making a big deal about this kid, and it's almost like you you. You'll go down with the ship, you know, you know what I'm saying? You, you'll lose because you have so much um, invested. So I, I think they. I, I, do I think, I it's think safe on their part. Do I think Mettenberg is a better quarterback? Do I think he he's probably going to be a lot more um, prepared for this season, knowing what he's going to knowing what he's going to see? I think he is, but. Do the fans want to see Mettenberg or Mariota? Do they want to see the Heisman Trophy winner on the field or a kid that played at LSU? Well, I think what's going to happen, Coach, if they go off and start losing right off the bat with the kid, they'll they'll never he'll lose his confidence. Yeah, he can he can lose his confidence, but. Um, I, th- I think that's a chance they're going to be willing to take in Tennessee um, because I think they really want to to build that that team around this kid, and uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I, I think Mettenberg is probably going to start after Mariota loses three games or four games, but I think they're going to start the season with um, with with the Heisman Trophy uh, underneath center. Well, yeah, yeah. It might be all right if he wasn't underneath the center, but uh, <laughs> I think I think you're right. They, they may do that. Yeah, you know, coach in the NFL, um, it's not very often we see them um, in the shotgun on first down. On third down, it's quite often we see them in the shotgun, but uh, on first and second down, it's it's an underneath uh, center league. Um, so I think he's going to struggle with that and. But we'll we'll see. We we will see. You know, um, we'll see. That's why they coach him up. That's why they coach him up. Yep. But on the other hand, Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say um, uh, Winston had a had a bad game. 
but I wouldn't necessarily say he had a he had a good game either. Um, no, Lovey Smith said it, Coach. Lovey Smith said that he is growing into the position, and they knew it wasn't going to be a smooth growth, and it never is for a rookie. So they're going to deal with his growing pains. Can Tampa Bay afford another year of growing pain? Well, I think that Lovey Smith probably has one more year of being able to be not real good before they they put the real big pressure on him. Yeah, I think some pressure is getting ready to come on Lovey Smith's way. But I, I, what what concerns me? Um, with Tampa Bay is they really don't have a running game. I mean, yeah. this kid, Bobby Rainey, who last year had a, a terrible problem with fumbling, turned the ball over. And then there's Doug Martin and Doug Martin coach. He is not a big running back, but he gets hit hard like a big running back. And and that's just not a good combination. And that's one of, that's been one of his biggest problems since he's been in the league is staying healthy because he runs like a big running back and he takes blows like a big running back, but he's a small man around five, eight, um, 200 pounds, not a very big guy. And, and, and he just, he just can't withstand this kind of pressure in, in, in this league. Well, I think they, they feel like they're, they're going to have a better passing combo and that maybe it'll take some pressure off the running game instead of the running game taking the pressure off of Winston. They're thinking that they may be able to take some of the heat off some of those small running backs. Haraney is small. Yeah, he is small. Yeah, he, he's not a very big guy either. Yeah, he's only about 5'8". Yeah. So it'll be interesting, Coach. But I think I, I think Winston may be able to pull out uh, five or six wins this year, and and that'll be all right for Lovey, and, and it'll give the people in Tampa a little hope, and then we'll see. Maybe next year they'll draft a good running back to go along with Winston's arm. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, that Winston does have is is weapons. Um, you know, I mean. He 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 really has some some serious weapons. When this guy Vincent Jackson, who's who's a premier receiver in this league, and uh, and he also has this guy uh, Mike Evans, uh, who's another. He, this is his second year in the league, and they almost like look like bookends. Who are you talking about, Coach? I'm talking about Lewis Murphy. Hey guys, you listen to Sports Info. You I'm on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art, and competition, Surf Talk Show is a place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and The Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and entertainment that'll keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. East Coast on Voice America Sports. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, Coach, we were talking about Jameis Winston. And um, Lovey Smith said a typical Jameis Winston game. You know, the kids started out real slow, but um, eventually he really aired it out. And uh, he showed what a strong arm he has. I think he's going to have a pretty good season this year. Um, on the other hand, Jimmy Garoppolo for the New England Patriots. Wow, if this thing holds up with Tom Brady, coach, um, New England may be in a little bit of trouble with Garoppolo at, as their quarterback. Coach, if they're one and three with him, they'd be lucky. Yeah, he 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 really looks like um, a deer in the headlights in a sense, and his feet are awkward. I mean, the guy doesn't really have his feet up under him, and he looks like he's not very confident either. And and you got to realize, because this is a guy that's that plays behind Tom Brady, and Tom Brady doesn't let too many people get too many snaps in in, in his huddle, and he doesn't come out of the game very often for any reason. Um, this kid hasn't had a whole lot of time to play in the NFL. Well, and I think, Coach, uh, there at the very beginning, uh, you know, that uh, that first, you know, they were saying that they were going to go ahead and keep starting uh, Brady, and it kind of sent a message to the NFL that they didn't think that uh, they could keep him out of the games, those first four games. So I'm thinking that they're uh, – well, the NFL is going to kind of stick their heels in the dirt and say, you're going to have to win with somebody other than Brady. Wow. Now, on the other hand, um, Aaron Rodgers, coach, this guy came out and he looked like he looked mid-season form. You know, 11 and 19, uh, 117 yards, you know, no, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but, hey, he only played two series. The guy... He, he looked. He looked very good, very good. I, and coach, I think that's going to be the the, the keynote. There is that the, who's going to start off hot, 
and, and, and looking at the quarterbacks that are around the league, I think that uh, the only young gun that looked really good starting off was uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. He uh, had a pretty good outing. You know, we really can't give him that, that young gun uh, category anymore. I think Ryan is going to start the fourth season, you know. Uh, but, you know, Coach um, Tannehill's come a long way and um I think he's I think he is the leader of that team now without a doubt and and he has a command of, of that team and uh and he's doing a pretty good job making his way around Miami too you know this this kid is has kept his nose clean is um he's done the right thing he's said the right things and uh I, I think he's going to be a force in this league before it's all over I said that about him since he's coming to the league well, Coach, you know, he, he went into quarterback and so late in college that I think he's still been learning the trade as he's gone along, and he's gotten, like you said, better, and he's been smart enough to keep his mouth shut and, and kind of keep his nose to the grindstone. And you know and I know that in the locker room, that means a lot to all those other players. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've always thought that people have always said that about Tannehill. You know, he got a late start at quarterback. Well, I actually thought that him going to college and actually making a sacrifice to play wide receiver his freshman year, and I think part of his sophomore year, made him a better quarterback. He knew what wide receivers expected. He Now he is a quarterback, had been a quarterback his entire career up until he got to college, and because he was a a real team player, made that sacrifice, and eventually became a starting quarterback, and now a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think it made him a better quarterback playing wide receiver. And uh, and, and when you look at the kid now, he, he really has command of of that team, of that offense. And uh, and I like what I see. I, I, I really do like what I see. On the other hand, Coach, that dog on Robert is really getting on my nerves. You know, he said he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Now, you know, Coach, the guy, the, the local uh, sports writer tried to get him off the hook. The local sports writer said, you mean you feel like you're the best quarterback with the Redskins? He says, no, I feel like I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. Coach, you're right. He kind of gets on your nerves. The kid can't keep his mouth shut. Man, he, he, you know, he just gives people bullet bullet bulletin board material, and it just doesn't make sense. It, I, I, I don't talk about it, be about it. You know, don't talk that talk, walk that walk. You understand what I'm saying? Because talk is cheap. We don't want to hear none of that. Don't say nothing. You know, I, I, I play one of the greatest receivers to ever play the game. And it was almost like a treasure when he said something to you, man. Steve Largent. I'll never forget being in the locker room with that guy, being around him, coach. When he said something to you, when he directed his words at you, it was like E.F. Hutton talking. You just, you absorbed it. You was almost happy that he was speaking to you. You know, uh, but hey, these guys, Robert Griffin, they come a dime a dozen. You know, stop talking because some of us going to start thinking like you, you, um, uh, what's that guy, the quarterback, Vince Evans? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on. We don't want to think you like one of him. You're him. Be a player, man. Stop talking. Yeah. Now, you know, I, you know, I feel sorry for Robert because I felt like 
he he mistakenly, and it wasn't mistakenly, he got a little too much credit for the success the Redskins got his first year, and he started thinking it was all about himself. Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, and he then, did. And then, he, and then when he, you know, got hurt, and after he got hurt, then he wanted to talk bad about his coach. And it ended up catching his coach in a yeah. fine and getting him and, and Coach, let me let me correct something too. Uh, Vince Evans was was a pretty good quarterback for the Oakland Raiders and the uh, Chicago Bears. I'm talking about Vince Young, you know. Young. And, and 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 Robert Griffin. We don't want you to. We don't want to start thinking that you thinking like Vince Young. You know, here here's a guy who had a whole lot of talent, but he just didn't have the right mindset for the game. And and Robert Griffin really needs to stop talking and start playing. Plain and simple. Don't and if talk, you will, coach, play. It'll work itself out. Everything will work itself out. If you'll just, like you said, just play the game. Don't play the game with your mouth. One of the best players in the game right now, we give this guy more flack for not talking to us than anything. But you know what he does on the field? He busts his can every play. He's he a beast, busts guys. his can every play. And he is a beast, you know, and and he, and he doesn't say anything. And here, this kid Robert Griffin is is almost like a cupcake or a twig in this league, a leaf on a on a big tree in this, a small leaf on a big tree, and no, he just likes some some a simple piece of matter on a big tree in this league, <laughs> you know. And his kid want to talk like he's a a giant root. Come on, man! Let you talk and make you make you get, give you expansion. He doesn't have to he, let let your play give you expansion, not your talk. He's talking way too much, coach. Way too much. And I I, I really wish he would um, stop talking, start playing. Well, yeah. coach, I was glad to see. I was glad to see that uh, Philip Rivers got a big old contract. We were talking about that. You know, you got $65 million guaranteed out of the $83 million for four years. The coach, he's about to have his eighth child. His wife's about to have a, their next baby. He's going to make give him be number eight. He needs that money. Hey, coach, when you got that kind of money, you can have eight kids. Come on. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, really. You, you know, you should have eight kids. You know, you really should have a lot of kids when you got a lot of money, I think. And and, and, and Philip Rivers is a nice guy. He really is. Yeah, he is. He, he's yeah. His team as a player and as a as a uh, a role model for the community, he's done a great job. Yeah, and, and what's so beautiful about the about uh Philip Rivers contract is um he got a no trade clause in his contract. You know, so no matter what this team does, whether they go to L.A., because, you know, that continues to be a rumor, uh, or, or they stay in uh, in San Diego, um, he's not going to be traded. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing for him. Yeah, yeah Coach. And with a $65 million guarantee, he's going to get that money no matter what. And, yeah. So, and, and, um, and as a matter of fact, um, I think he he's going to make every penny of that contract because it's only a four year deal, 
um, they're going to keep him around for four years, if nothing else, just to have people come to the stand. And in, and and trust me, in four years, that sixty-five million dollar contract is probably going to be like nothing. Yeah, yeah. And you coach, uh, he he made the statement after he signed this agreement that he had always dreamed of being with just one team the whole career because that's something he admired when he was a kid. And we used to see that a lot. You and I, when we were growing up and watching guys in the NFL, a lot of guys would go in with a team and be with that same team their whole career. You know, my favorite team uh, growing up as growing up as a kid, the Oakland Raiders. The only quarterback I ever saw them have as a kid was Ken Stabler. He started and finished it from from University of Alabama until the end. He was an Oakland Raider. Roger Starback. You know, he started with the Cowboys to the end. He was with the Dallas Cowboys. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Bob Greasy played for any other team than nope. um, Miami Dolphins. Only team. You know, and, and, and Terry Bradshaw, another guy. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers. He for that, coach. And that was it, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, even, come, even, even up into the 80s when we saw um, Jim Kelly. You know, he only played for the, um, in the NFL, he only played for the Buffalo Bills, you know. So, uh, not until the last 10 years, Coach, have we seen these guys, maybe the last 15 years, we've seen these guys change teams um, for, for almost for apparently no reason. Yeah. But, Coach, I'm going to say this. Before this season starts, Colin Kaepernick is going to have a tough time as an NFL quarterback. And it's not going to surprise me if he's if he has a really struggled struggle this season. And I'm and and this is just an observation from me. When you look at athletes and you look at the body structure of an athlete, an athlete a lot of times they the vision is the most important thing in an athlete, especially when we start talking about team sports because you've got to be able to find your, your teammates. You've got to have good peripheral vision and you've got to have good vision. Kaepernick does not have good vision. And the reason he doesn't have good vision is because the separation of his eye from his nose, from one eye to the other, is not very far. It's close. His eyes are real close, Coach, to his, to his nose. And when you look at a lot of athletes, their eyes are more outer towards from their nose. They see better. Kaepernick cannot see very good. His vision is not good. And we're going to see this kid struggle in a mighty way this year. The NFL has picked up on his game and, and you just can't... The running days, forget about it. Robert Griffin told, showed us that. And, Coach, I think that uh, I think that he had a little bit better cast and he never was asked to do too much under Fallbach uh, because he, you know, he they had a dominant defense. That's not going to be the case anymore. Yeah, you're right. That's not going to be the case anymore. And everything has changed in in San Francisco, which is not going to help things at all. And um, he had a great running back in Frank Gore. Yeah, and Frank is gone. And, yeah. um, you know, but um, I think this, this guy, uh, um, 
had the, he'll he'll be a second year guy out of Ohio State. He he'll be a good running back, but he's no Frank Gore, and okay. and it's going to be a whole lot for him to carry uh, this year as well. Uh, I think San Francisco, the whole organization, is in turmoil. But I, I really think the leadership of that team from the quarterback position is not going to be a, a pretty sight this year. Yeah, uh, you know, and everybody said that poor Alex Smith, terrible thing about him and all that kind of stuff. I think he's loving that he's at Kansas City right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is loving it right now. And, but, um, Coach, Teddy Bridgewater uh, looked like a seasoned veteran um, in the in the one series that he played in. He may have played two series. Um, he, he really looked good. And to see him have command of this team in his second preseason game this year without Adrian Peterson touching the field is a, is, is a treasure to watch. And I think, um, I just really think this kid is going to have a, have a, have a real nice season this year. If he can stay healthy. I think he's going to break it. I think he's going to, coach, I think he's going to be one of those guys that just grows into being one of the elite. I think in four or five years, we'll be saying he's one of the best ones in the league. Yeah, and, and, and this kid, you know, you hear about people saying a tight end is a, a young quarterback's friend. Well, this kid really uses this guy, Kyle Rudolph, a lot. And um, it, it, I wouldn't say he's his go-to receiver, but he's he's definitely his security blanket when he needs a a, a, a play. And um, I just think this offense, when Adrian Peterson comes back, is going to be something real special to watch. I know they're going to put a, a solid defense on the field, and I think um, I think North Turner has, has is is really going to do some things with this young kid. I agree with you totally, Coach. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see um, see how well things go for um, for for uh, Teddy Bridgewater and the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. You know, Coach, when we talk about um, Phillip Rivers and, um, you know, they played, they, they played the, um, the Dallas Cowboys um, and beat them 17-7. Uh, but uh, Tony Romo um, didn't touch the field. And, um, you know, Phillip Rivers went two for two for 20 yards. So he only played the first series. You know, um, but I guess the question mark in Dallas has to be is where where is the running going to come from? Where Where is the running attack going to come from? You know, um, it, it, this kid, Gus Johnson, uh, he had he had, uh, 13 rushes, 13 carries for 35 yards. Um, just where, where is the running going to come from? You know, they're really disappointed with um, Darren McFadden because here he is again. Um, not being able to stay healthy. He's already having some injury uh, problems. And they thought Joseph Randall was going to be the answer, Coach. Yeah. So it's just it's just a hit and miss on what's going to happen with uh, with the Dallas Cowboys running attack. And, and I guess that's going to be the question the entire season. Because when, when you lose the, uh, the all-pro running back to, the, to free agency and – one of the most productive players um, in the NFL uh, last year uh, broke Jim Brown's record. You don't, you know, Jim Brown is not 
uh, when you say the name Jim Brown by itself is is legendary, and when you say you broke Jim Brown's record, boy, that makes you legendary by itself. So to lose that kind of player and make it seem like, oh, we'll replace him, oh, we'll just the next man up. Ah, I think that's nope. gonna. I think that's gonna hurt them a little bit. I agree with you, Coach. I don't think that there, that the there's a there's a big drop off from what uh, Demarco was giving them and what they're going to have next this coming year. You know, Coach, when we talk about these quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, hey, he hey, he's something he, special. Coach. He's very he's something very special. You know, and they played the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, you made a comment earlier about Tim Tebow maybe making this team in Philadelphia just because of the two-point play, the two-point conversion after a touchdown. I didn't really think about it like that much, but I think you may have – you may be on to something, Coach. Well, I think Jim – I think Chip Kelly, a lot of people are, are saying he's made a bunch of mistakes about the people he's gotten rid of and – and they may all be right, Coach. The guy definitely thinks outside the box. And if I can get the ball at the three-yard line and pick up two points, um, you know, that, that, that could change the course of a game. You do that twice, two touchdowns and a field goal, and um, pretty soon uh, the complexion of the game completely changes. What are the odds of Tim Tebow making this team? I say it's seventy five percent that he makes the team. Yes, sir. I'm not so sure. Uh, I think I think your point of view of him uh, with the two point play thing makes it makes his chances go up on this team because we've seen guys make the team just because they can um, long snap. And if you if you make the team just because you can long snap, I can definitely see someone just making the team because they could. Um, Increase the chances of making a two point conversion. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think Kelly is going to make the two point conversion an option. Uh, you know, you you go down and you score a touchdown and kick the extra point and it's seven nothing. Then I come down and I score the extra uh, score the thing again, get the two point conversion. So I'm uh, in the lead. I do that two or three times, and now. You're a field goal or more behind me after your three scores. You're 21. I'm 24. Hey, you might be on to something, Coach. Hey, guys. Um, thanks for listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. And, Coach, before we go, the old school owners in the NFL say, Roger Goodell, blast that Tom Brady. Bust him up. Don't let him back to East until he um, does his four game. Make sure he gets the four game. Guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. This saga continues next week. We'll find out what's happening with Tom Brady. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.